This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground. I'm Andrew, and I'm here tonight with Marisha. Hello. Marisha, coming coming to you from not here in the house, from, from somewhere far, far away. I mean, not that far, far away. But, I mean, far enough. It's true. <laughs> Too far, one might even say, some days. Um, but we're going to talk a little, mostly Star Wars news tonight. Uh, hopefully we'll get into some topical stuff here in the next couple of weeks, but, um, we've, we've had some, some interesting things happening. Uh, we just had Disney plus day, which I don't know, Marisha, how much, I know you've been really busy. Did, were you able to watch the, the, I mean, really the only thing there was, was the little tease for, No, the little tease that was out for Obi-Wan. Oh, shoot. No, I forgot to watch it. It was on my list to do before we got on here. It's it's nothing spectacular. It's incredibly short, and I think all old information. Yeah. Um, they just... There, there was footage, was there? Do what? No footage, No right? footage. No footage at all. Like, who cares if there's no footage? Right. Nobody... Nobody wants to see your Obi-Wan trailer unless there's footage. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, and I hate to keep harping on this, but I don't know if, I don't know what's going on at Lucasfilm, but there's some sort of disconnect happening over there with getting their ducks in a row. Like It certainly seems to be. Well, I mean, you, you knew you had Disney Plus Day coming up. You didn't have anything really worth announcing. And you dropped your Boba Fett trailer about a week before. Right. And I'll be honest. I mean, I thought they dropped the Boba Fett trailer. Well, actually, it kind of appears that they did do what I thought they were doing, but maybe for not quite the same reason. Um, you know, I thought maybe they just had so much to announce that they were spreading it out. But now it kind of looks like their news was so weak. Their, their, what they had was so weak that they didn't want... I mean, if they had launched the Boba Fett trailer during Disney Plus Day, it would have been huge, but it would have overshadowed everything else they talked about, which wasn't much. But nobody would have even remembered the other stuff they talked about because there was so little. Well, yeah, I but mean, I mean, at this point, like you build up this big day, like your parent company builds up this big day. You've got one of the, what's going to be one of the biggest things on the, on the app, on the streaming service and you launch it a week before. I don't, it's just further example of not planning things out ahead of time. As far as I can tell. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what's happening over there. I mean, you know, Marvel had their stuff together. Everybody else had their stuff together and announced a lot of, you know, fun stuff, showed some footage. I mean, not a lot. It was overall, I mean, 
the day was what I thought it would be. And it, it wasn't anything particularly special. Like it, it's no, and I mean, I'm not even a, I'm not a huge DC movie fan, but DC fandom, like they do an excellent job with that. Yep. And Disney as a whole has had trouble kind of capturing what? I, I said, I think that's what they were trying to emulate. Well, you know, I think so. I think at this point, everybody, I mean, this isn't something new. I mean, Disney did this last year. It wasn't Disney Plus Day. It was something else. And then they kind of rebranded it as Disney Plus Day. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not too disappointed. I know a lot of people were really disappointed. And, you know, it was kind of like, oh, this big day of announcements and nothing. There were part of it that there were a lot of rumors that got everybody hyped up and, uh and then none of it came to fruition. So some of it was people building it up too big in their own heads. Well, yeah. If only we had had any experience with how that goes. Right. 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 But it, it's, I don't know. It, it was a, a relatively lackluster event that, that could have been something really big, but... Um, you know, this kind of comes on the heels of some other Lucasfilm news that just kind of has you scratching your head. You know, the the Andor was set to release next summer. Now, they had never announced a date, in fairness. <clears throat> However, they had indicated that it was it would be coming up next summer, but they've pushed it all the way back to fourth quarter 2022. Uh, add that to the list of things that aren't isn't reassuring right now. Right. So you're probably going to get it in, in October or November. And then hopefully that hopefully they keep Mandalorian Season 3 on track to come out next December. But right now I'm not too hopeful. Right. Um, and and in, in another spectacular uh, flop, I, I don't under, you know, the movies, they keep announcing, oh yes, so-and-so is going to make a movie. This person, this director is going to make a movie and this one's going to make a trilogy and then nothing ever happens. And in keeping with that long history, we've got Rogue Squadron. Patty Jenkins's uh, Patty Jenkins's Rogue Squadron has been indefinitely delayed. That announcement hit all the notes that you want a movie announcement to hit. And to just, I don't know, it's really discouraging yeah. for them to drop it that way. Well, and the, the studio has come out and said, you know, COVID has messed everything up. It's because of scheduling conflicts. Uh-huh. Do you believe that? No, no, neither does anyone else. Uh, in fact, there are, and I, you know, these are rumors. These fall firmly in the category of rumor. We don't know anything for sure, but there's been rumors of pre-production problems, getting that movie off the ground, whether it be script writing or, or casting and, and other things. And when they say that it is delayed, because of scheduling, I'm assuming that this film never sees the light of day. Which is really sad. Because that one I was excited about. Yeah. That was a movie. It was one of those things that made you say, yes, yes, we're doing something a little different. We are, you know, kind of, we were hoping for it to be something else like Rogue One. Right. 
you know, and, and this is one of those things, like I'm not one of these people that screams for people to lose their jobs. Um, and, and I'm still not, but like something's got to give at Lucasfilm. Like you look at the other, you look at their biggest, I mean, realistically their biggest competition is in house, right? It's Marvel. Yeah. And you know, everybody talks about, you know, I want star Wars to be an event. I want it to be this big deal and I want it to, <clears throat> you know, be this big spectacular thing every time it comes out. And that's why some people want to wait two and three years between films. Right. Uh, and I don't think you have to do that for it to be a big deal because before COVID, every Marvel movie that came out was a big deal. Yeah. Even when they were dropping three a year. Yep. So, and, and I'm not saying I want three Star Wars movies every, you know, every year, but I, I wouldn't necessarily complain about that. I'm firmly in the camp of franchise fatigue does not exist. Bad story fatigue exists. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I think that Marvel has proven that, you know, all of their pre COVID releases have done phenomenally well. Right. Well, people have been screaming superhero fatigue for six or seven years now, at least. Yeah. It, it's not a thing. You keep telling good stories and people will keep watching it. it it's not a, not, people aren't going to get tired of seeing good, of good stories. Yeah. You know, that, that's not the way it works. You can tell, you can tell comic book movies from now till the end of the world. And as long as they're good, and they don't all have to be masterpieces. You know, when I say they don't, when you're good, they don't all have to be masterpieces. You can even have some flops in there, but as long as, as a, you know, as long as they're mostly proportionately good movies. Yeah. Then people will keep going and seeing superhero movies. I mean, you know, the people screaming about superhero fatigue. I mean, let's be honest, superhero movie really take off right, you know, early 2000s, like right around the, the turn of the, the millennium and, and, and they've never slowed down. Absolutely. In fact, they're still, in fact, they've continued gaining momentum. Now you can say that once you hit end game, that maybe the momentum pulled back a little bit because yeah. I, but I don't know if it's because of end game or because of COVID. And that's the thing, like all, all, ability to sort of gauge that is really skewed right now. You really, you can't just make sweeping statements like, you know, about the industry right now. Right. Because it's also weird. Now I will say each time I've gone to the movie, since we started going back, there's been more people at the movie each time we've gone back. It's true. Uh, we went and saw Eternals two nights ago, and that was the, um, or last night, last night. Yeah. We went and saw yeah. Eternals last night, and that was the most people I've seen in a theater in the last two years. Yeah. There was a pretty good number when we went to go see Shang-Chi. There were, but, but this was still bigger. And when we, now both of those, when we left the theater, because we went to early shows, and when we left the theater, man, the people coming in for the next showing was way, way bigger. Yeah. But that theater was, was hopping the other night. 
Yeah, absolutely. But like, you know, it's one of those things, like, I don't want to keep harping on this, but I really don't understand what's happening at Lucasfilm. Like, DC is a terribly run studio, and even it runs better than Lucasfilm. It just doesn't make any sense. They at least turn out product. Yeah, it may not be great product, but something. Star Wars, Lucasfilm doesn't appear to have any direction right now. And that is, that. I mean, like I said, you know, I'm not one of these people that likes to call for people's job, but that's, and I have defended Kathleen Kennedy on some things in the past because the bottom line is, is that she is a good producer and you can't, there's no arguing against that. She's one of the most successful producers of all time. Yep. However... Should she have ever been made the creative head of something like Lucasfilm? Probably not. I mean, at this point, I would say that's becoming, I'm sorry. At this point, I would say that's becoming kind of clear. Right. And and it's, and, and like I said, I have defended some of the things that have been said about her in the past, but the truth of the matter is that she seems to have her head stuck so far up her butt that she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm I might not would have phrased it exactly that way, but you're not wrong. I mean, when um, you hear her talk, though, she just talks like everything's just a okay. Yeah, and it's like you know, put on the brave face and go out there what? and tell everybody that everything's good. It's like. What? We're not yep. stupid. We, you know, <laughs> there's clearly something wrong when you keep having pro. When you keep firing directors. When you keep announcing movies that just vanish into thin air. Yep. And let's be honest. At this point, that's what's happened. I mean, the the Ron Johnson, and and I'm not even going to get into that. I don't care what you think about the Ron Johnson trilogy and whether it happens or not. The fact is, is that at this point in time, it has just vanished into thin air. This is not how movies are made. You don't announce a movie that somebody's going to make one day. Mm -hmm. You don't say, Brian Johnson's going to do a Star Wars trilogy in 10 years, right? Right. Granted, it hasn't been that long, but it's, it's getting there real quick. Yeah. I mean, what year did The Last Jedi come out? Okay, so it has been four years since they announced, since since The Last Jedi came out, which was quickly followed by, we're going to give Ryan Johnson his own trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, when? That's, that's, not, that's not how movies get announced. Like, maybe that's how they're supposed to work internally. Yeah. Like, maybe that's how they work you know, behind the scenes, but you don't come out and announce that. Yeah. Like you're, you're basically talking if they announced it at celebration next summer. Yeah. That's four and a half years out. That's, that's four and a half years from the release of the last Jedi. You're talking Mm -hmm. at least two, maybe three before that movie sees the light of day. Are you really going to tell me you announced a movie and it took seven years to see it? Yeah, that's that's insane. That's ridiculous. You know, that's that's Avatar uh, two level of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there's definitely a second Avatar movie coming, and it's coming. He'll make it eventually. 
But like that's right. one guy. We know that that's the way that James Cameron is. Like that's just how James Cameron makes movies. It's his own thing. You know who cares? But that's not the way a well-oiled studio is supposed to work. Right. Exactly. So, and it's you just start to seem disingenuous. Exactly. Whenever you're like, we're doing this thing, psych, doing this thing, and then you never hear anything more about it. Right. Why should anyone trust you at this point when you make an announcement? And the truth is, is most people don't anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I will believe a Star Wars announcement when the cameras start to roll. And that's only because everyone that's been made so far, once the cameras rolled, something came out. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you had you had problems on Rogue One, which ended up being fantastic. Yeah. You had problems on Solo. Mm-hmm. Which could have been better. It was and, still fantastic. Though. And I, I like that movie. And so that's not that's not a knock on it. But there are things that could have been better. There are things that are clearly in that movie that the guy who ended up directing the final cut didn't put in that movie. Yeah. Which I wish he would have just gone ahead and taken out. I mean, by all accounts, he reshot so much of it that they should have probably just started from scratch anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know, we also have, and I kind of mentioned this, we have some things, we do have things coming out. The TV side of things seems to be working a little bit better. Um, I'm a little surprised there's in, and it's not just them. There's some weird big delays in TV stuff. Um, yeah. and not just with star Wars, it's, you know, the Lord of the Rings, they announced that they were wrapped back in September and immediately turned around about a week later and said the release date will be next September. Um, now I know there's a ton of post-production to do in something like that, but this like, yeah, we're going to, but the thing is with it's Lord of the Rings, it's one of those that it's been, they've been working on it for several years now. It's like, what is happening? Like, you know, it's not just like it took this long. It started and it stopped and it underwent some changes and then it started and then it stopped and underwent more changes. And and you're kind of getting the same thing. It's like and both Andor and Obi-Wan wrapped, are already wrapped. They're done. They've got to go through post-production. But we're looking at Andor being late next year. And no announcement on when Obi-Wan's coming out. Yeah. Which is not a good sign for it coming out anytime soon. Yep. So I you know I'm I'm not sure sure what's happening. Now in the meantime, in that in that cancellation rumor, because we know there are a couple of other or I guess this leaves only one movie actually in any stage of production that we know of being the Taika Waititi movie, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, TV is rolling along a little bit better, but they seem to be having trouble really keeping any sort of momentum with getting these things 
done. Um, yeah. and, I, and I'm not sure if that's internal things or if it's a COVID thing and they don't have enough people actually working on them or, or what's going on. But we've started getting rumors of another movie, something that's going to kind of fall in here, something that might already be in production and might come out as soon as next year, which it's not going to happen. They would have already announced it. So I don't buy the rumors based even on that. But if we were looking at 2023, we would, I'm still, there's a possibility, but the, the, the rumor is that someone is working on an old Republic movie. Right. Which would be like, how happy would that make all the fanboys? So happy. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, I think it would, except for the number of people that are scared to death for them to touch the old Republic. And after the high Republic, I'm sort of in that category. Well, that's true. Like I would have to have a lot of faith in the director. I mean, you're going to have to tell me, oh, it's John Favreau. For me, you know, somebody of that caliber for me to get real excited about them touching the old Republic at this point. Yeah. But the bottom line is I don't believe the rumors. Uh, we've heard this rumor. I don't know how many times over the years since, since Disney acquired Lucasfilm, we've heard this rumor like once a year that, that this is, that this is happening. So I don't buy it. Um, I, do, I am curious, our listeners, if you're listening to the episode, I'd love to know what you think about it and if it's happening, what you would like to see happen with it. Um, I still think that the High Republic, and this is this is falls more in the category of conspiracy, I guess, than mm-hmm. even rumor. But my my fear is that the High Republic stuff was an attempt to sort of... Um, placate people that wanted the old Republic stuff and maybe just to erase it all together. Yeah. That this was going to be their replacement for the old Republic. Yeah. And I'm still, until I, until I see something concretely different, I'm going to assume that that's what the high Republic is. Yeah. Because there's things in the high Republic books as I've said before, that seem to call be problematic for introducing the old Republic. Because they're acting like the, the few hundred years that they've gone back to do the High Republic is significant. And that that the that the the galaxy is somehow like relatively new and space travel is young and all these things in this world that's supposed to be potentially tens of thousands of years old. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to buy anything higher, anything old Republic until something really concrete happens. I think, I think that Lucasfilm is trying their best not to touch it. I think they're redoing KOTOR to placate people on the old Republic. Oh yeah. It's that not makes... going to be canon. I, I, they hadn't announced that, 
but I, I'm relatively certain. I have, I would say 90% chance not going to be canon. Yeah. And I think whether that game turns out to be canon or not is going to be very telling for their intentions with the old Republic. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, on the one hand, I would love to see it happen, but, you know, because th there are some really interesting stories, but they don't seem interested in pulling anything directly from Although, I mean, they did pull Thrawn out, pretty much ripped it directly out of the pages of, well, not really. Well, no, New, New Thrawn is very different than Old Thrawn. Now, That's New Thrawn is a better character. Yeah. Old Thrawn was a great villain, but yeah. not an extremely well-rounded character. He wasn't the main character of, it, of the stories that he's in. Yeah. You know, those are the heir to the empire that in Luke is still very much your main character. Yeah. Um, this, this Thrawn is very different, but is a way more fleshed out character. Um, but they also made the really smart move in hiring Timothy Zahn to write new Thrawn. They did. Although the stuff that we saw on television was not written by. No, it wasn't. But the stuff on television was a lot more like the, um, like the old Thrawn book. Yeah. Than... I would say that, um, that he's somewhere in between the old Thrawn and the new Thrawn in the books. You know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to expect with the old Republic, but I have real doubts that they have any intentions with it. So we do have a couple of other things rumor wise in the world of, of TV uh, with Disney, with, with star Wars and that uh, there was, you remember the Rangers of the new Republic announcement, right? That, right. yeah. that kind of fell off the radar, was delayed. Um, everybody kind of assumed that it was because it was going to be led by Cardoon. Right. And uh, so we all know what happened there. We don't have to go into that again. But um, there is a rumor that that story might be back on track with Timothy Oliphant in the lead who I assumed was involved with it anyway. Right. Yeah. That always makes sense. And we want to see more of Appa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, th there were a few characters that I hope were involved. Um, and, and it might've been that Cardoon was supposed to be in there. I, I firmly believe that she was. I think that's what that whole, uh, you know, the kind of the badge that she was given was kind of about. Right. Yeah. But I always assumed that, uh, the, the other kind of people trying to restore order to the galaxy, like, um, Cobb Vanth trying to restore order to his little corner of the galaxy. 
I assumed mm-hmm. that that was sort of the basis for the Rangers of the New Republic. These people out on the fringes trying to trying to gain some sort of order. Yeah, absolutely. So it would be nice to see that come back. Uh, it would be nice to see someone like uh, of the caliber of Timothy Oliphant take the lead there. Yeah, I mean, and it was, I think it's a really fun concept. It's, it, we can kind of continue kind of the Western theme, you right. know? The Western theme has worked really, really well for Star Wars TV. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I really want to see that kept up. Um, I assume you would be totally on board to see that version of Rangers of the New Republic. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I hate that. I hate all the drama that surrounded everything with Gina Carano. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not, it's not like, Oh, I hope they, I hope that show just dies a slow death because she's not on it anymore. Well, I don't. My whole thing is that was an issue between her and the executives. Yeah. At Lucasfilm. The executives aren't the one that are, for lack of a better way to say it, saving Star Wars right now. Yeah. It's people like John Favreau mm-hmm. and people like, um, Dave Filoni, like Dave Filoni mm-hmm. who are doing things, who are making Star Wars that feels like Star Wars. Absolutely. And I refuse to, I know there's a lot of people who are just like, I'm just not going to watch. I'm not going to watch the Mandalorian season three because, you know, no Cardoon. I mean, I'm not sure that, and it, it goes back to the thing we've said a million times on the other show. Studios don't learn the right lesson ever. Yeah. Yeah. And if people don't watch because Cardoon's not in it, because Gina Carano's not in it, they're not going to learn what you hope they're going to learn from that. And all you're really doing is a, is harming the people who are creating good Star Wars content. Yep. Exactly. I mean, it's it's like, you know, I knew people who, whenever Tim Tebow didn't get picked up by a NFL team, were like, that's it. No more NFL in this house. Because Tim Tebow couldn't get a job. Or people who aren't going to watch the NFL anymore because people are kneeling. Or because people are not kneeling. Or because people are standing. Or because they still sing the national anthem. Like, just... You know, it's... Right. Are those the reasons you watched before those things happened? Right. It's it, it's just, it's one of those things like... Okay, fine. Speak with your dollars. But th- you know what? Did you always watch you... NFL football before because people stood up during the National Anthem? Right. And don't say you did because they used to not show that stuff on TV. I will admit there is a political slant to it that I don't like. and We don't talk politics here, and I'm not going to start tonight. Um, there is certainly a political slant to the things that companies like ESPN put on their product. And they're certainly slanted against a certain group of people. However, that has nothing to do with why I watch football. In fact, I would tell you, if you don't like that, if you don't like the talking heads on ESPN, 
turn off your radio or turn the TV, turn the volume off and listen to your local broadcast crew. You'll enjoy it a lot more. I feel the same way about entertainment. It's like, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to cancel my Netflix subscription because I don't like a show that they chose to put on there. It just, it's not, I don't know. I just feel like people get so up in arms about whatever the mob is worried about today. Well, it's, it's dragging politics into everything. And, and I'm just tired and I of understand I why, I understand why people do that. And you can make the argument that everything is political. You can definitely make that argument. However, at that point, like, I can't enjoy those things, right? So for me, I don't drag politics into those things. And if I was going to watch movies that don't, with, if I had to make sure that everyone in every movie agreed with me on political stances, there's not going to be very many things I can watch. You can watch Chuck. I mean, yeah, I could probably watch Chuck. I get on with Zachary Levi pretty well politically, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zachary Levi, Adam Baldwin, great guys. Um, um, but, you know, it's, I, I, I just, any, I'll be talking to people and I'll say something about a show or, and they're like, oh, well, I just can't abide watching whoever it is, whatever actor it is. Like Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey can, can, has made a real ass of himself about some political and social issues over the past few years. But guess what? I'm not going to never watch The Majestic again because Jim Carrey's in it, and I don't like his politics. You the know? thing is, is like Hollywood has had that slant since forever. Yes. Hollywood has slanted towards Marxism since forever. Right. Like, it's not new. Right. And so, like, if you don't, if, if, if you can't abide it, then find another way to find some other kind of media to consume. Start reading. You know, do something else. But it's, I just, I, in order to enjoy entertainment, I have to be able to separate the actor from the character. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and I feel like a lot of people on both sides of the aisle are unwilling to do that. Yeah. And I feel like, like you said, I feel like students will wind up l learning the wrong lessons because people are so bent out of shape about the political statements of some if actor. You don't want, if you don't, I can tell you this. If people in mass don't watch The Mandalorian Season 3 because Gina Carano's not in it, the lesson the studio will learn is people don't like what John Favreau and Dave Filoni are doing with Star Wars. Yep. That's the lesson they'll learn. Yep. And that would be unfortunate. So anyway, moving on, hopefully getting into some happier stuff here. Um, I got a couple of things, a couple of little updates, and then we'll talk Boba Fett trailer. Yay. If you still oh, have time to do all that. We can do that, yeah. Okay, we'll keep it short. Um, so, the next bit of news is on the Taika Waititi-helmed film, which 
I'm still excited about uh, Taika's a really, really good filmmaker, and I'm I do I like the person that they brought on board to help him write it. Um, it, it's uh, Wilson Cairns. Her last name is Wilson Cairns. I cannot remember her first name. I think it's Christy. Um, okay. But she co-wrote 1917. Oh, which yeah. is a brilliant war movie. If you haven't seen it, it's it's not just a brilliant war movie. It's a brilliant piece of filmmaking with the way they shot it, where it all kind of looks like a one shot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a really really cool movie both technically and story wise yeah um but we haven't heard anything from taika in a while um honestly i don't know if we've heard anything from taika since he got slapped on the wrist for some shenanigans on the set of <laughs> on the set of uh, thor love and thunder or offset during the filming of thor love and thunder uh, right but uh, Wilson Cairns gave an update the other day, and she said that uh, this was while talking to someone, uh, Mark Malkin from Variety. She said the script is coming along nicely, and that's all about taking the time required to make it perfect. You have to research, study, and spend a lot of time to get it right. It's really important to honor not only your commitment to it, but also the legions of fans out there. Let's see. It's really important to honor not only your commitment to it, but also to the legions of fans out there. Yep. And honestly, at this point, that's all I want to hear. Like, right. there's nothing to talk about about the movie. You've got Taika, who, despite being sort of an ass about it and being like, can't wait to ruin your favorite franchise, which all he was doing was riling people up, which was kind of boneheaded. Um, you know, that's kind of like, I put that there in the category. He, he pulled a Ron Johnson. He, he, you know, he decided to attack the fans for no reason. Like as a director attacking the fans before your movies even made kind of stupid. Yeah. Now it was, he's a comedian and it was meant to be a humorous jab. So I'm not going to fault him too much on that. I know a lot of people, but the problem is that a lot of people are really nervous about him making a star Wars movie. Right, yeah. And, you know, he's never made one before. But he is a really good filmmaker, and he's a, you know, he's a really good director. Yeah, Despite being kind of a nut. Um, Mm -hmm. But, as I always said, you know, I was leaning into this because I really like the person co-writing. And, you know, I, I don't need any thing i don't want to hear excuses down the road but here just to hear someone say you know it takes time we got to get it right yeah you know honestly that that it doesn't fix anything that's happened with lucasfilm but it's nice to hear someone from lucasfilm saying we just want to make sure we get it right yeah that we have to you know we have to respect the franchise and we've got to get it right. Yeah. Like exactly. You know, <laughs> that that's all I need to hear from them at this point. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing okay. that has kind of, I'm sorry, did you have something to say about that? I was just going to say, hopefully that's the vein that they will continue in. Yeah. 
the thing is, is I, they are both, I know they're both, I've seen them in interviews, they're both Star Wars fans. Now, as we've learned, that can mean a lot of different things. Right. But they're both people that grew up with the originals kind of mm -hmm. fans. So, you know, I, I don't need them to... I don't need them to tell the story, the exact story that I've got in my head. I just, as always, I just want a good Star Wars story. And I want it to feel like Star Wars and to look like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And yeah, exactly. if that's their primary objective, that is awesome. Um, yeah. The one other little thing we had, another show that I kind of was wondering was really going to happen uh, one that I know a lot of people, including myself, are very concerned about the person helming it, um, is The Acolyte. Right. Probably the show that I'm the least excited about. But I think it has a really big high end for potential, you know, potential-wise. Right. Um, but... Because they're they're kind of going outside the box and doing something new. And that can either be a colossal failure or it can be brilliant. Yeah. And I will reserve judgment and until it comes out. Um we didn't learn a whole lot. I don't think we heard anything from the director. We know that it's operating under the working title Paradox. And that the main character is being referred to as Aura. A-U-R-A. Hmm. Um, so, so what we do know, this was, this was the little news that came out, and I'll just read it. This is from, uh, I'm not sure who this is from, uh, but the outlet from the Illuminati, whoever that is. I don't even know if that's a reputable place. I don't know anything about them, never heard of them. But they claim that the main character is being referred to as Aura, and the show is seeking a woman of color in her late teens to early 20s for the starring role. Doesn't tell us much, does it? No, and the, it goes on, you know, the article that was written says, as for the name, little can be gleaned from it. Is it doesn't match any existing characters in the lore. Um, and supposedly production is going to begin on this one next summer. Okay. Uh, which is also, again, unfortunately pushed back. This was supposed to start production at the beginning of 2022. Looks like it's been pushed further into the year. Now, I don't know if things are being pushed forward because studios are still anticipating a strike. Yeah. Or if there's something else going on. But uh, both, I'm not going to get too up in arms over it at this point and, and just point my finger at Lucasfilm solely because Marvel's been kind of shifting their stuff back a little bit too. Yeah. You know what? Now it seems unlikely to happen, but and and no, this is no knock against Daisy Ridley. Cause I loved her as Ray. So this is no knock against Daisy Ridley because I really did love her as Ray. She did a phenomenal job, but when I heard that Jessica Henwick was one of the last runners up for Ray, I was like, damn, I want to watch that. Um, and I wonder if there's any chance of her coming in on another star Wars project, because I feel, you know, she had such a great energy in iron fist. Oh, she was great. Uh, she was probably the biggest highlight of that show to be frank. And I would love to see her in star Wars. Yeah. 
sounds like she's a little older than what they're looking for, but I think could probably play younger. Yeah. So that was just kind of my thought on, on that, that information is that she, you know, she was such a, an interesting, but she was just, like I said, I loved the prospect of her in Star Wars and I was a little sad we didn't get to see it. Yeah. In the sequel trilogy. So, I mean, although I think that, that the whole thing was pretty grueling and I kind of got the impression she was pretty crushed when she didn't get it. So she might not want to subject herself to all that song and dance again for another Star Wars project, but I, I would sure enough be here for that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I said, you know, it's probably the current project I'm the least excited for. Uh, but I will admit that done right, I think it's the potential. I mean, it's Star Wars. It's still Star Wars. As long as it stays true to the franchise, it's got really high-end potential. Yeah, definitely. Now, we will see how that goes. Um, it's It's the one that is... If there's one that people are just going to check out on and not go and not watch, it's that one. Yeah. So they really, really got to do something big. And they, when they put a trailer out, it better be, it better look damn good. Have they given us any idea of like what the premise is going to be? You know, I, I think there might be some tie-in information and in some of the High Republic stuff, but honestly, I'm not totally sure. We don't really have anything on this one yet. I think it's like everything; it's still, it's still undergoing. I would, I'm assuming pushed back means that they're rewriting. Okay. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock in anything we've heard anyway. Right. Yeah. They're they're only pushing back the only you only push production back because something wasn't right. Yeah. Um they're they're trying to ramp up and currently they're ramping up with you've got Obi Wan or we're gonna start off with Book of Boba Fett. You've got Obi Wan, you've got Andor, and you've got Mandalorian season three. And those are all theoretically next year, unless we find out that they're gonna push Mandalorian season three into twenty twenty three which I would absolutely hate to see happen. Yeah, for sure. Because that's a long time between seasons of a TV show. I, I haven't followed shows that took big breaks. I can tell you that doesn't go well. Um, people forget about them. People lose interest. Now, are people going to lose interest in The Mandalorian? Probably not. But you had such good momentum, you're definitely going to lose some of it. Yeah. Um, well, and that's kind of been the name of the game is like making announcements, getting momentum, and then it just kind of fizzles. That's, that's the real problem. That's the upsetting thing with Lucasfilm right now is that they don't seem to be able to grab any momentum and keep it. Yeah. And, you know, when your other companies, you know, and this is even if you even if I said I love every Star Wars movie that has come out, mm -hmm. like love it, you know, and I and I do like most of them. Mm -hmm. But even if I loved every one of them, I would still have to look at this and go, "Hey guys, what's happening?" Like 
you know, if I was in charge, if I was the guy at Disney looking at all my properties, if I was looking at Pixar and Disney animation and the, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're all killing it despite COVID. Right. And then I look over there at Lucasfilm and go, hey, guys, <laughs> what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. at some point, someone in charge at Disney, now it sounds like the new guy at the heading at Disney doesn't know which way's up, um, that maybe he wasn't ready to command something quite this big. But I don't know how many Bob Igers there are in the world. Right, yeah. But, you know, when you have rumors that even Bob Iger is not impressed with what you got going on. But you just would have to think that someone at Disney, and I know a lot of people don't like it when you talk about this because it's Lucasfilm, not Disney. You know, it is Disney. Disney is the parent company. And if the head of Lucasfilm is going to be replaced or if they're going to be given extra help with a creative team, or anything like that, it's going to come, that permission's going to come from above. The only thing above is Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to talk about them as one entity. They are a division of Disney. Right. Um, so I, if you don't like hearing about Disney and Lucasfilm in the same sentence, I'm sorry, but they are one in the same. Um, now, you know, we can take a step back, and I do want to end on a really positive note here. Or at least it's going to be a positive note for me. I haven't talked to you about this, but we're going to talk about the Boba Fett trailer. Yes. And we're going to make it short and sweet because we're getting a little long here, and I know you've got work. But um, I, I want to know what you thought about it. I mean, I think it looks great. I'm really excited about everything I saw. Yeah, I mean, I'm the things that I'm here for. Uh, one, Boba Fett is a is a great character. Just you know, despite the fact a lot of people never cared for the character, um, I honestly think that the character became bigger than you know. People talk about well, he went out like you know, he went out so easy in Return of the Jedi, and I, you know, just to be honest, on my opinion on that. I think that the character got bigger than George ever intended, and so he killed him off. Uh -huh. You think so? I think so. I don't think George ever intended for everybody to go, oh my God, that guy's awesome. And so he just <laughs> killed him off like a nobody. Yeah. Um, it's really the only explanation for what they did there. I mean, yeah. That, that, that tracks... Um, you got to remember that Return of the Jedi is when George kind of started developing the attitude that he carried over to the prequels. Right. Um, it's when you had a different guy directing the film and he kind of came in and took over. Yeah. And granted, I'm there are some things in the movie that were clearly the fault of the other, <laughs> the other director that that kind of, for some people, make that a little bit weaker film, but it's hard to know whether to blame Marquand or, or Lucas. Well, yeah, for sure. Because it's the end product, and you don't know who decided what. But, you know, that's my theory on why they killed um, 
why they killed Boba Fett so unceremoniously in yeah in that film. I mean, yeah, it definitely it definitely it wouldn't be out of character. We could but say, they, but they brought Boba Fett into the Mandalorian season two. They turned mm-hmm. a lot of people that didn't care anything about that character into fans. Yeah. And I know some people are still going, why make a Boba Fett movie? Or a Boba Fett show. But, right. you know, we've always, we've been clamoring, longtime Star Wars fans have been clamoring for an Underworld show since George first talked about doing it back in the 90s. Right, a long time ago. And it appears that we're fixing to get our first real foray into into the underworld. You know, we've, yep. we've gotten glimpses before, but we've never had a whole movie or a whole show that that's what it was. Right. You know, yeah. Solo gave us some glimpses of the underworld. Uh, yeah. The, the animated shows have given us some glimpses into the underworld. Right, just short. Right. But this one is going to be fully in in the underworld, and it's got some real Godfather vibes to it. Uh, What do you think about the line it opens up on with, uh, I'm not a bounty hunter? That, That opening line set a lot of people off, you know, with the, well, this is what he's always been, and now you're changing, you know, who he is. Right. I mean, honestly, it does smack just a little bit of it's time for the Jedi to end. Maybe. I don't think that's where it, I don't, that's not what I glean from it at all. Really? What did you kind of take from it? So when I hear that in the perspective of what we know he's doing, he's, taking over Jabba's empire and he's building something new, Mm -hmm. you know, and I assume that some of this is going to be burning down the remnants of Jabba's empire to create his own. Well, yeah, it definitely seems that way. What I take from that is that's going to be him talking to meeting with someone important in the underworld that says, Oh, you're a bounty hunter. Yeah. And the response is, no, I'm something more than that now. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not a bounty hunter anymore. Like that his response to I'm not a bounty hunter is to someone that's trying to discount him because that's all he is. Right. Yeah. And that, that actually seems like a reasonable because, like, whenever I heard that, I was like, "It's it seemed kind of off. But, yeah, I do like, I like your take on it. And I, I could be totally wrong. I don't think they're going to say, well, Boba Fett was never really a bounty hunter. He was something, Boba Fett was definitely a bounty hunter. But I think that his, his life objectives have moved beyond being a simple bounty hunter. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely get that. Impression. I love the real kind of Godfather vibes to it. Um, I'm down for anything with Ming-Na Wen in it 
one of my absolute favorites and she looks like she's going to just keep playing a badass in this one uh you know and and continue to be his right hand yeah Um, i I love the aliens we're going to get to see a ton of aliens which is one of my gripes kind of across the board um is that sometimes star wars forgets to put aliens in in the movies yeah for sure um you know you look at certain things like we had, that's one of the things I appreciate about solo mm-hmm. because when you go back to the original trilogy, you had the cantina. Yep. But then an empire aliens are kind of secondary. Like you see Ugnaughts and that's about it. Yeah. Like there might be some people, you know, some characters sprinkled in, but like, not just like a room, you don't, there's nowhere where it's like more aliens than humans. It's very overwhelmingly human. And yeah. then Return of the Jedi, you go to Jabba's palace and you get kind of another big, uh, big round of aliens. Yeah. And they, they do aliens in the prequel movies, but they don't necessarily give us a ton of variety. Yeah. Not at all times. There are certainly scenes, but mostly in like, you know, the Senate chambers where they're kind of way back in the background. Right. I mean, or, or they're Jar Jar. Or they're Jar Jar. Yeah. I mean, we do see lots of aliens like in, on Tatooine, like in the races and stuff. We do. And, and Phantom Menace does it well. I would say that it kind of, it it kind of becomes less as you move through the prequels. The Phantom yeah. Menace has a lot of aliens. Yeah, it does. Mostly because I think George Lucas was playing with them. Right. But by the time you get down to Revenge of the Sith, very few. Yeah. So... Um, I do yeah, love that we're I seeing. I hope we get to see more of that. We're gonna get to see a lot of cool aliens. Some some that we haven't gotten to see a whole lot of. Um, I don't know what they've done different. I don't know if somebody different's working on it or what. But some of the times they've in some of the new stuff when they've done characters like Twi'leks, they haven't looked quite right. Mm-hmm. But the Twi'leks in that in that trailer look great. I think we're just going to, I think we're in for a real treat. I think it's going to be really gritty. We're going to get a lot of insights into the underworld. And again, when you're playing in this era, there's room for lots of different people to show up. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we even get to see Cobb Vanth again in in that context. I would say that being on Tatooine, there's a good chance of running into Cobb Vanth at some point. Yeah, good chance they they are not the best of friends too. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, but yeah. to that I would say Boba Fett knew the armor where the armor was and he didn't go kill Cobb Vanth and take it. That's true. Now yeah. maybe he had only just now found it, but I kind of find that unlikely. Right, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm I liked what I saw in the trailer. I don't think they showed us very much. I think almost everything they showed us is probably from the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think uh and I don't mind. Like I TV shows are not and I, I, I don't think 
I don't look at TV trailers the same way I look at movie trailers. Um, I know yeah. things have kind of changed where TV trailers, especially on the streaming services, have gotten way more cinematic. Yeah. But I just, honestly, I don't want to know a lot going into a TV show. Yeah, no. I want some cool shots. I want to hear them, you know, kind of get a feel for the, the tone you're taking with it. That's all I really want. Yeah, for sure. And so for all that, I really like this trailer. I'm really excited about this show. I'm excited to finally watch some Star Wars again, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm... It's it's time. It's time for there to be more Star Wars on my TV. Yeah, that's kind of my... That's kind of my sentiment right now. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, as we've done this show, and it's kind of what led to taking a break is, you know, I'd, sometimes I'd rather not talk than be negative. And, uh, yeah. you know, when we've got good Star Wars to watch and know we got good Star that's the problem. We can't talk about the Star Wars we've got coming because we never know when it's going to come. Right, and you can only yeah. talk about it so much when they drag it out for so long. For sure. But... I don't like to be negative all the time. And I know the first part of this episode was fairly negative, but I think deservedly so, um, for, you know, what's going on over there, but this one's together. This one has all the right people working on it. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be great. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add about the book of Boba Fett before we wrap up? I don't think so. Okay. The sooner drop day gets here, the happier I'll be. Yep. Unfortunately, we got to wait till the end of December, but uh, we got Hawkeye and uh, we've got Hawkeye and Lost in Space to tide us over. True. And and no worries. I'll just be watching Dune over and over again on <laughs> HBO, HBO Max until then. So Dune was very good. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about that one some more over on the Science Fictionary podcast. And uh, we should be talking Eternals sometime here pretty soon. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to talk about that one. So, yeah. All right. But uh, until next time, Marisha, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And I'm P Padawans on Twitter. All right, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at crew underscore podcast at C-R-U underscore podcast. You can find me over on our other show at the Science Fictionary Podcast, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can drop us a line at underground at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to visit red5network.com and at red5network on Twitter to meet all of the rest of the Red 5 podcast family. And until next time, may the force be with you.